here we are. Hey, gum. It's come to this, eh? Self-isolation. Just normal life for both of us. Yeah. Welcome to our world, everyone else. But everyone else seems to love it. Like, really? everybody's self-isolating at the moment, but I just went to the beach and it's packed. So everybody's just saying like, yeah, I'm in self-isolation. You're just working at home, aren't you? And you don't know how to work from home because it takes you about 10 years to figure it out. Why do people hate it so much? What? Uh, isn't it a blessing in disguise? Not having to go through peak hour traffic and... Yeah. Everyone loves it, surely. Well, Unless you're sick. Working from home? You can wake up later. I don't get it, but like everyone seems to hate it. Do they? The people I've talked to that are working from home, they're like, mm, don't like it. I feel anxious. <laughs> Oh, I know what it is. This is it. Most people have friends. That's the thing. Yeah, we don't. What's a friend? I, I have workmates. Yeah, and they have all acquaintances. Separate. And and we communicate through Skype anyway. So I think that's it. Yeah. It's just most people like going somewhere day in day out, so they have yeah. their own tribe. You know, welcome what? to our world. <laughs> I have found that. If I haven't had some sort of social interaction for a few days, I start to go a bit crazy. Jittery? Yeah. Yeah, I start to talk to myself. Mm. I do that anyway, but I'm, I'm thinking about jokes and videos and I start impersonating the characters that I'm going to play in the video, but then I get really carried away with it and for like half an hour, I'll be like talking to myself in like a wog accent. Good, <laughs> good. <laughs> Dude, that's why you have a career. That's insane, right? Yeah, but that's you got to go works. there. You got to go there. It works. I Look know how many followers. Are. I'm a hundred thousand on TikTok. Mm. It's a huge feat, and it's because you have spent more time in that wog accent than others. That's what that hundred thousand's about, more or less. Yeah, mm. but look, thought we'd do a podcast uh, outlining some of the things you can do while in self isolation. Yeah. Because everybody keeps saying this, just yeah, I see this over and over. Like hashtag shelf isolation sucks. No, it doesn't. No, 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 you're just not looking at this at the right angle. With the technology we have, are you really that isolated? Yeah. You know, you're connected to everyone. You're listening to us. Doesn't everyone have a friend in Amsterdam or some shit? It's the same thing. It's now. Very specific. It's just... <laughs> Why? Because everybody goes there to find oh, themselves get... <laughs> when they're nineteen smoke and they weed. just smoke weed. Yeah, yeah. that's them finding. <laughs> Being poor and anyone, smoking weed. Yeah, whenever anyone says, basement. I found myself, it's like, yeah, you just like fucked a bunch of people and did yeah. some drugs, right? Yeah. 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 But you can, find you, reading. you can find yourself. Well, that's the first one. If you're in self-isolation, reading. Number one thing. We always talk about this uh, on the podcast. Read. And with good reason. Yeah. I keep needing to remind myself why it's important because I go off the track all the time. Oh, same. I was just reading the same thing. It's just like, man... That one point needs to be honed into your mind over and over again that if you read for three years, you become an expert in the field because you've read 150 books in the area and the average PhD thesis has 50 books in it. So if you have read 50 books in one area, you're on par with someone who has done a PhD in that field. That is a marketable skill because most people do PhDs on fucking like, you know, uh, lobsters being grown in South Australia versus Tasmanian waters. Very, very specific stuff that, you know, maybe one company on earth might give a shit about. Really changing the world. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's like, well, I mean, look, uh, you know, I'm sure there's some PhD somewhere that are useful. But, I mean, come on, we all know. If you've done a PhD, just let us know in the comments. Was it really useful, honestly? Or if you know about any uh, absurd PhD fields of study, let us know as well. No, yeah, there'd be some gold ones there. There would be, yeah. Um, but but I, yes, re- uh, you know what? People should look at reading the way that our generation looks at the gym. Very strict, very disciplined. Yeah. Have to go to the gym one hour a day. Yeah. I'm I'm like that. I, I'm very strict and, and disciplined with my gym regimen. <laughs> yeah. But I'm trying to have that same outlook with reading now. Cool. So I'm saying I, I have to read 50 pages a day. And that's the thing. It's gym for the mind. That's the way to think yeah. about it. Just, yeah, give... Give your brain a the nice s- thick curve. Look, you can't get the Instagram photo with uh, a thick brain. Oh, no, x-rays. <laughs> you just, well, it wouldn't <laughs> you be a thick brain. Because yeah. if, you have, if you're thick in the head, then you're dumb. But no, we're, we're talking about improving your mental capacity here. So, But it's obvious yes, after you a can't, while. You can't brag about it on Instagram, unfortunately. No, you can't. But as a man, if you are a learned man... There is just even reason for this. I think if you are well-read, you are going to be attractive to more women than if you are really toned. You know, unless you're Depends in the western on the suburbs. Type then, yeah. yeah. Well, that's a lot of people. <laughs> okay. <yeah. laughs> Maybe in Glebe. No, just a myth. Yeah, in Glebe. No. Even then, even if even you've read, you, you just got to read blogs there. Yeah, exactly. You've got to read music reviews. No, but it's this thing of just being able... It's it's also just the fact that you're putting up all these neural connections so that you can converse with people quicker. And you just... And look, you just become a much more interesting person. Exactly. And that is attractive. Because otherwise people parrot very cliche talking points about their and interests. It's, it's transparent, isn't it? How I many dudes it. out there are like, oh yeah, I love sports. I like beer. And I like sports and beer too. Don't get me wrong. I love those two things. But... They've got to have trying... a bit more complexity and depth to you than that. Yes, and the whole thing is, if you are unique, particularly as a man, you are going to get snapped up on the Tinder scene a lot quicker because I hear this complaint all the time from women. They always say, you just flick through Tinder and it's just the same thing over and over again. Yes. I like travel, laid back, like beers. Those three things, yeah, over but, uh, and but over. The, all the female profiles are like that as well. Because they're not individuals this is the whole thing it's just like unless you have gone out of your way to sculpt your mind fitness buy me food and heaps of photos of them at some like on on some infinity pool yeah it's it's always just a dead giveaway like that's the thing you think is mad is it basically a blue haven pool basically like yeah it's a little bit aesthetically more nice but like that that's the most interesting thing that's ever happened to you people like people who are complicated I think so. People are drawn to people who have an edge to them, who are, who are a bit complex. Maybe they have something that you would uh, put, something that uh, defines them in a particular stereotype, but then another interest that completely contradicts that. That is really cool, actually, Ben. You know, one of the sickest dudes I ever met, this guy in Lithgow that was a tradie that rocked into, the, he just came into the bar. And he was, he was that. He was like your average bogan just sitting there being like, man, the Knights fucking stole it last week. Can't and shit like that. And I was like, so what are you doing? What, what are you doing at the moment? And stuff like that. And he was just like, yeah, so anyway, I'm just reading Moby Dick at the moment. Uh, just finished uh, Great Expectations. I was like, fuck. 
Tradies are more, more inter- a pussy magnet. Yeah, trade- <laughs> <laughs> a tradie that is like well buffed on classics. Like it, it's a winning combo. Wow. That's gonna I, get I think tradies are uh, in general more interesting and have just a more of a varied uh, sense of their interests and what they like to talk about versus the people who act like they're the intellectuals who generally just parrot the same sort same of things cliche over, things yeah. over and over again. It's horrible. I hate that. I hate getting into oh, well as a comedian i guess it's our bread and butter but like you know when you just get into a certain subculture of society and you see they use the same fucking words you know like if they're part of that idubs crowd they're always using words like you know you cringe and you lit and all that kind of shit and if you go to your twitter circle it's always just the same things of like you know cooked and this is not it and you know it's 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 a very damning thing on you i think if you are if if like the the uh identity of these major societal trends is your identity Hmm. down to a t that you are just a cut copy clone of that person that is why you need to read purely to separate yourself from that yeah have all these other advantages in life don't you just want to defy the stereotype that you've been boxed into. Yeah. I mean, isn't that just something you would intrinsically want to do? Well, that's the whole thing. Do you? Because I don't think a lot of people do. Most people want to really? fit in. I think most people just like are thinking constantly like, what are people thinking of me? What, what? You're not going to be an outsider if you're a bit, if, you, if you're a bit complex. You do though. Dude, I learned this firsthand, right? It's just like, as being a political commentator... And moving from, you know, like this thing where like I was just expressing views that people that like pedestrian and junkie would find, uh, you know, they wouldn't find that challenging or whatever. And they, they would agree with that worldview and then just like continuing to comment, but not being restricted by their group thinking their office. And then starting to touch on issues that they didn't agree with, but because I was able to express myself truthfully and the way that i saw the world they started to get scared and angry about that and then you'd see the coverage turn entirely right i think that that's what most people are scared of most people are scared of being and it it makes perfect sense it's the rational fear of being as part of the tribe like dude if you are outcast from a tribe that is instant death and i think that if you are going to make an impact in the world really you have to like that's the that is the fear you have to kill. It's the same thing as like, dude, you know why we do really well? But we can also have subtle complexity. You can have subtle complexities to your character without uh, distancing yourself from the tribe entirely. What? So if you're a gym junkie, for example, what yeah. would be the stereotype there? All right, you go to the gym every day, you, you eat your protein, you uh, try to bang as many girls on Tinder as possible. Well, what if you wrote poetry or something on the side? That's all you need. Is that, is that going to outcast you from the entire uh, gym environment? No, probably not. Probably not. I'm just talking about but little you... things like that can make people so interesting. Yeah, okay. But the thing is, don't you think that the group in general, though, even if you did have that, even if you did have the thing of just like, I write poetry on the side, gym junkies... And by gym junkies, well, you're just talking about like people at Stereo Sonic and shit that are like, bro, what the fuck is this guy shit? 
<laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah. Don't you think? Like they they will they they might not outcast you, but like it takes a lot of courage to do that in the first place. I think if you are in that group, if you are in that group and you want to okay. write poetry and stuff like that, I think just the so you're saying uh, you can never fully fit in to the mold. No, I'm saying that most people, hey, you can't ever fully fit into the mold. And a lot of these molds are just created by a group think that is never actually really questioned. It's kind of just assumed and things like that. But, sure. Um, if you are in that group think, it, it actually takes a bit of a psychological revolution in your mind to be like, oh, I can write poetry and be at the gym. Even that. A lot of people wouldn't even get to that level. I right, think that so a lot of people so are just confi- trapped in the group thing. Okay, so they're so confined by the archetypes of that particular tribe that they wouldn't even consider the possibility of acting uh, acting differently to yeah. how they're supposed to act. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's... We'll work on that. That's something to work on then. That's another thing to work on in self-isolation. I just think, honestly, if you are in are you self-isolation and, and like you've lost your job, um, the, the, let's just think of the grimmest situation, right? Like you have the virus, you've lost your job, you were fired from it, uh, you're, you're on the dole. Yeah. Plus side, you're in Australia, so you're not going to starve. But on top of that, dude, this is my advice to everyone, no matter how grim your situation is, read self-help, just self-help. You get a PhD in self-help before you get into anything else. Just get really versed in that subject. I back that. It will pay. It, it will pay dividends. It will pay di- that thing that you're talking about there of like you know uh, I write poetry and I like am a gym junkie. That's what self help allows you to do. It dude. It allows you to leave the tribe. Mm. It kind of just like it. You know what it does? It it breaks down all the psychological barriers that you have in your mind. Mm. nothing is more valuable than that. All of these things that you just invisible to you, things that you didn't know were there that are kind of restricting you and making you the person that you are. If you read enough self-help, all of those things start to crumble and you just realize, dude, like my personality is a lot more versatile and limitless mm. than what I gave myself credit for. It expands the consciousness. Expands the con. It does. It's better it's than like acid. It's a really lame thing to say. It is. It is. Most because people would... <laughs> oh my god yes because here's the thing Bro, if you look drugs it is will expand your consciousness dude i mean yeah i, look, I, I don't w- disagree they, yes look actually they will but the, you know what self-help does as well it expands your consciousness and allows you to be a little more employable than a fucking barista for the rest of your life that's a good you, point <laughs> you know and also it gets you to, like to the point that you don't b- mentally break down to the point that you are like a basket case that is just in rehab for the rest of your life, even if you can afford that or something like that, or just in and out of shelters for the rest of your life. Like drugs definitely, well, not definitely, but almost certainly will get you down to that point. And by the way... Self-help is the opposite of that. Vice versa, if we're saying gym junkies, uh, for example, could be writing poetry, poets could get really into the gym. That would be amazing. (laughs) Imagine (laughs) that. Way better. Imagine that. Every poet, you you just assume, oh, some bookish-looking dude with glasses... (laughs) Walking around Newtown. Imagine if there was a poet who lived in Bankstown and was just jacked. I mean, that would be so... Man, it's called rap. That would be so interesting. I know! I like that way more. I'm trying, you know, I like to think... That's a nicer thought. It's very Billy Elliot. I love houseplants and I like boxing. 
Well, yeah. I mean, look. How many people out there are in that Venn diagram? Not many, but, you know, you are in the right place to have that, I think. Fair. It's, yeah. too, it's, it's harder to think that in Bankstown. <laughs> That's true. Just being like, yeah, have you seen my Anubius? Yeah. <laughs> I'm very, I'm very uh, happy with this one. It flowered. That's a hard thing to do. It is. I'm thinking of getting bonsais. Look, it, it, it's not easy. Some, some uh, yeah, they're very uh, insecure about themselves. They don't want to flower. Could no. bring it out at them. Oh, that's that's dude. That's a really nice thought that you have to do that. And you have to like give them self esteem. And what sun- is their self esteem? Fertilizer. Fertilizer, sunlight, mm. care. <laughs> the right amount of water and sustenance, not too much. It's more to do with sunlight than just watering. Yeah, of course. A lot of it's sunlight. That's obviously the main one, but. I really, I do want you to get to the point where you are like an old man that has one of those sick greenhouses that's kind of just this little garden of I mean, the I world. already do. If you look Greenhouse? Out there, well, not a greenhouse, but my balcony is full of plants. Yeah, it is like this nice little teeny micro rainforest in an otherwise concrete jungle. It is very peaceful. And look, you're very, uh, you're very unique in the fact that you do this intellectual political commentary and then you'll do <laughs> these like bogan impressions on this. <laughs> I mean, how many political commentators out there do that? Exactly. And you know why? You know why? Self-help. That's what gave me that. Because there you I go. saw it all the time. You see all of these pompous, annoying political commentators and I hate them just as much as everybody else, right? Like most political commentators give me the shits and it's because that's their only message. You've and made it digestible for the average person. Yeah. And on top of that... Uh, you know, like, yeah, it, it, you make it digestible for the other person. But the thing is, like, dude, just this thing. You know what happens to a lot of political commentators? They, I think the thing that is so obnoxious about them is they get this huge ego about themselves of just being like, yes, I'm the oracle. I am the one that transcribes how society's functioning. It's a very serious role, and I have to wear a suit while I'm doing it and all that kind of shit, right? I think that that's a major reason for why they hate it. There's just a level of obnoxiousness there. But if you're just able to bring yourself down to the level of just being like, hey, I'm just as stupid as everyone else. I just I just read this, mm. you know? Dude, that is a powerful thing. I th- and, and that, Know thyself. Know thyself. Be self-aware. It's all of these great things that happen. I, I, man, I can't even... I never even thought about that until you brought that up. But honestly, you know what, dude? When I think about self-help after a while, it like actually starts making me teary because I just realize like there is no way that I'd be earning the money that I'm doing, having the impact on the world that I'm having. Like all of these things, like nice, wouldn't be having this sick job. Like none of this would be happening if I didn't read those books. Yeah. Like it yeah. completely alters your life. Um, and so like, and the other thing is like what you just said then, things that you don't even know happened. Like, I never even thought about that before. That it was just like, I, I was just doing it because I was just like, oh, okay, this is getting results. And that's all you get taught in self-help over and over again. It's just like, don't look for the ideal. Look for results. Mm. Which is something that most people just don't even have in their psychology. Mm. Most people have this ideal in their head and then they just think, yeah, but I'm a piece of shit, so I'm never even going to strive for that in the first place. But you're just like, yeah, but you're a piece of shit now, but you can be a little bit less of a piece of shit tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> it's worth thinking about it. <laughs> In, so in, yeah, in very like, minor increments. You can teeny increments. You can be less of a less sack of crap. Piece of shit. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, there you go. That's read. I, 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 yeah, read self help. Uh, but uh, just read in general as well. 
And don't read articles on Facebook. Read books. Because it makes you interesting. It makes yeah. you unique. Everyone read else non- is reading the articles. Read non-fiction books. There's some crazy statistic that uh, after education, so whether that's high school or university, only 5% of people actually ever read a non-fiction book in mm. their life. Mm. So there you go. If you've and read one non-fiction book outside of what's in your required reading list, you're already in the top 5%. Such a low bar. Damn. Holy shit. Man, that means that even if you've read The Da Vinci Code, which is like sort of based off historical events loosely, you're probably know, ahead of like 8% fiction? of the... Isn't that fiction? No, it's fiction. Oh, really? No, no, it is... It is it is fiction, oh, there's like but there's like of... elements of truth to it. There's sure. elements of history to it. Sure. So like just the fact that that is like somewhat based in reality puts you ahead of most people. And that was a good book. That was yeah. a great book. It, dude, I read a that page a... turner. Yeah, well, I, I think I read that as a teenager. That was a really mm. good book. Mm. You know it's a good book when you're, like, you, you, you're reading it as a teenager and thinking my parents aren't home, I can whack it, but you just keep reading. That, that is phenomenal. I probably still whacked it, but yeah. I mean, look, I had every twenty pages. <laughs> okay, let's let's put it this way: if there was a sex scene, well, yeah, then it's easy to whack. You don't even have to look it up. He's got a very descriptive go. mind. But I think that yeah, like okay, if you've got something that is making you read instead of playing video games, well, yeah, as a teenage boy, fuck. Um, it's actually hard to read in this day and age. There's so many distractions. Yeah, it is. Really I, 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 I tell simple. myself I'm gonna I'm gonna read and then I just spend three hours on TikTok. Well, that's that's a job for you, so that's fine. <sighs> well, but I can justify it that way. It. Okay. I can justify it that way, but I try not to. Um, all right. What what else can you do in self isolation? Well, if that's well, you can you can take this opportunity to look at your uh. Well, a lot of people will be uh living off less money than what they're used to. So it's a good opportunity to actually um, reconvene and look at your finances and maybe look at some unnecessary expenses. What's your latte factor? Yeah. Yeah. Look so at the you're budget. Really look at, you're looking for those things that have just become a creature comfort to you that actually don't even benefit you. Like toilet paper. You don't need it. Damn. You're not going to die. Fuck, you're kind of right, dude. Everyone would say that toilet paper is a necessity, but as you just said, no, you can wipe it with your hand. Well, yeah, if you're Indian, you've got ditto, we, they which all is also do that an, anyway. Yeah. So you get a little <laughs> jug, and there's an Indian a, a tabla. I'm um, that could be wrong. I don't know, but uh, you just sort of pour it down your backside, use your left hand to wipe, and then you wash your hands. So if you're that. If you're that much of a snowflake that you can't handle a little bit of shit, shit on your, your fingers head. for the 10 seconds from when you flush to when you wash your hands, get over yourself. Yeah. Uh, it's a cleaner and it's cleaner for your ass as well. Yeah. Toilet paper is just narcissism. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's good for the environment. Yeah. You're right, actually. How many trees are we cutting down because people want to just not get a little bit of shit on their fingers? Fuck, dude. You've convinced me. That's what I'm going to do in lockdown. I'm just going to get off of toilet paper. It's an addiction. It's an addiction. <laughs> it's like toothpaste. They just to sold comfort. us on it. They have. Yeah. You know yeah. what? Like, d- dude, you just had you to give like one little paper. speech. Yeah. I'll make a video. I'll make like a little selfie video. Mm. 
just decrying this abomination. <laughs> this conditioning, abomination this social programming. Imagine, imagine our ancestors looking down after everything they went through, everything they endured, famines, floods, woolly mammoths, lions, wars, droughts. And they fought so hard to pass on their genes. And those genes have created people who are fighting over toilet paper. Yeah. Yuck. Killing each other. And you know what else as well? They would think that putting water on your hand to wipe your ass is pussy. Probably, yeah. They just do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who knows what they did? Probably that. Maybe got a dog to lick it. And that was our great, 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 great grandparents. The James G are a quake different. That's actually, that is one thing that I am really <laughs> looking forward to, though, is like the, uh, man, again, I like, the, the happiest time of my life was when I was poor and had no choice but to create. Ever since I've been able to afford creature comforts, I've just found that my life has become more decadent, slower, yeah. All, all, like, my life has come worse. I liked it better when I was just you know like what? a hungry dog. I found myself when my back's against the wall, it brings out the best in me as well. Yeah. Which is what's going to happen in this situation. It's very easy so. for us to say, like, yeah. No, I, yes. Because little, there, there are people that have lost their jobs and shit. We're in a privileged position. <laughs> I went privileged. But, dude, honestly, so I'm telling you, like, look, life throws this shit at you. And there's this other thing that I wanted to talk about, actually, because I've just released it on my self-help channel. I kind of want to expand it, which is, like, the idea of, like, seasons in life. And I think that Australia, thank you very much, Bob Hawke and Paul Keating, but Australia has had 30 years of non-stop growth, very good economic conditions. Um, you know, th there's very few examples in history of a generation having it as good as we have. Um, and so, as a result of that, our entire last 30 years has been summer. And it is that Aesop's fable of just the grasshopper and the squirrel. And seeing toilet paper as a necessity. Yeah. Like, dude... No, not even seeing it as that. Not even seeing toilet paper. Like, just uh, when you get it, it's a kind of just this automatic response. And as you, I've never thought about it in 30 years. You can wipe your hand <laughs> in your ass crack. You yeah. can do that. You can that do it. That is possible. It's really, it's not that bad. If, you, if, if push comes to shove. And cleaner. So, it is cleaner. More yeah. hygienic for your butthole. But the thing is, now dead holes in short supply as well, so... I don't know what you do now. No, you just use the water. Just wipe your ass on use the grass. Use water like and you clean it up, and then and then you wash your hands in the water. No, 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 in in the sink, in the bathroom sink. Yeah, but you've got no soap, Neil. So you oh, just... dead old. I thought you meant. Like, I was thinking like what, you dead old your ass or something. That's <laughs> surely that'd burn. Ugh. I don't know. You you can't be that clean without Someone's it just feeling try a bit of a chilly surprise. Yeah. Okay. And there will be a lot of cunts out there that can, because I'll have like a thousand fucking dead old tugs. You have to bring in like extra, extra security guards to Coles and Woolies now because people are just fighting rioting. over toilet Pathetic. paper. How disgusting, honestly. Yeah, wow. it is. Wow. And you know what? It's is. always, it's, they're the ones, it's, it's from the videos I've seen, it's never young people. No. And it's never really old people. Mm. It's boomers. It's boomers. They're the ones who are always saying, "Oh, millennials need a safe space." As soon as, as soon as they face any adversity, look at you. 
you can't have the comfort of your four-ply Kleenex and yeah. now you're literally rioting. Throwing tantrums in the shops. Your asshole needs a safe space. That's how Fuck. privileged you are. <laughs> and also this, so self-entitled, think that the world is just rewarded to them. Yeah, screaming in the middle of the shops because they can't get, you know, SPC cans. That's that's the other thing that's, like, insane to me is, like, the level of selfishness of a certain sector of society that as soon as there's even an inkling of a societal breakdown, like, society has not broken down. It's not even fucking close, you know? Like, we're nowhere near the road. It's just, like... You know, there was just a bit of a, hey, if you're coming home, uh, maybe just, you know, quarantine yourself for two weeks or whatever, just at that level of work. We're all going to die. That was pathetic to me. But it was just amazing to me how many people out there, like as soon as there's anything of just like, hey, this is, this is a situation where like society needs to cooperate. There's people that are just like, nah, I'm going to lock myself into coals. Fuck everyone. I'll just take out a rifle, shoot anyone that comes near me. Dude, it's really damning on a lot of people, I think. Mm. That, that there are so many people out there that are like that inconsiderate. It's it's a it's a real microcosm for the rest of society. And just even the fact that people are shocked that some foods have run out. I went shopping the <laughs> other day and like yes, there were some shelves that were empty. Like you don't there are so many other foods there. You're not going to die. Yeah. Do you know what else? Fruit Fruit is readily available. The most important yeah, all thing. All the fresh f- fully stocked. Fruit and vegetables. Fully- <laughs> yeah, I know. It's all the like... <laughs> it's all the carbs it's like people need. McCain's chips and shit. That's the thing that people like punching each other over. And it was apparently... Uh, I heard somewhere that scary. it's the... Uh, like the, the, the supermarkets in Mossman and, and the North Shore that are... They're the ones that... Where people are hoarding the most. Really? That's what I heard. I think the fights are happening in the West. <laughs> but uh, people are people have the most fear in, in those suburbs, which kind of makes sense. They've it probably does they've make lost sense. the most. Mm. they all their stocks are gone. <laughs> no, but it's also another thing of just, you know, like it is that kind of thing of look, a mansion would be cool, but if you need a mansion you have an insatiable ego. There is something there that is like a, a fundamental fault in you, which I guess actually yeah. goes to the... Yeah. The, the I think you've got to start to... could be a good opportunity to look at what what in your life is a bonus and what actually is a necessity. Because when you break it down, I think it's similar to the thing, the, the premise that you've brought up a few times on this podcast, which is sit down and write the things you actually know and you start to realise you know next to nothing. Mm. The same way, if you look at what do you actually need... Mm. versus what do you want and what makes your life comfortable be very few things that you actually need man you know what would be crazy if we do do go into lockdown and i have wanted to do this and i've alluded to it a couple of times man you know what would be amazing as an activity is actually doing that for that two weeks writing and living what that you know. uh, yeah and or the other thing is just writing streams of consciousness for like an hour a day. Because I've started redoing that. I've had like a long break of not doing it. But after a while, your brain just starts like coming up with very disturbing or very insightful thoughts, even after a few pages a day. Mm. 
If you're doing that for hours a day, because that's the whole thing, right? If you are in isolation, I would not, I would be seeing it personally as an opportunity, something that is never really afforded to you, which is just like you are forced to be by yourself in solitary confinement for two weeks. Don't waste it watching fucking CNN. You know, don't don't sit there just being like, when can I come out? None of that shit. Yeah. Dude, take don't it waste as it on a TikTok. gift. Don't Unless you're following it. me on TikTok, then uh, I give you... Give him the few seconds he needs. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. It's a few seconds. Yeah, and then, then yeah, well, hit the go. pen. That's another one. Uh, st- write. Read and, and write. And don't type. Write. Mm. Mm. Start no. to just write, write your thoughts down. It's something... Everyone used to, everyone who was educated uh, throughout history would basically have some sort of journal. Mm. Mm. Absolutely, because it's it's not. Look, it might have been skill. the thing of just like it's a skill to but articulate yourself through the written word. It is the articulation of it, but it is also it keeps your mind clear. Yeah, because it's kind of just a mind dump. That's why it's so amazing getting into that habit. I've completely dump. got out of it. It's like a data dump. It is. It's like throwing up. It's just all these stupid thoughts that are swirling around in your head that don't need to be there. Yeah. And you're just out. Gives gone. you clarity. Gives you clarity. Sure. You know what? How good is this quote? I just read it today. It was... um, uh, A mind too active is no mind at all. And it goes into this thing that like, yeah. you know, you see a lot of CEOs, a lot of... Uh, you know, high functioning people, they always have this kind of mindset of when there's like a crisis, then you're going through the global financial crisis you're going through now, like a lot of major companies now are just seeing their share price like free fall, right? And mm-hmm. that just means that a bunch of people are getting laid off. And in these situations, those people at the top, when everybody else is panicking, they have the ability to remain calm and clear. Most people don't have the ability to remain clear, uh, you know, to have like that clarity really? of mind. Imagine if uh, we were governed by the people who are fighting for toilet paper. Damn. <laughs> well, a lot of them probably would be the head of their household. Well, this is the whole thing. I mean, it's a George Carlin quote. Of, like, if you have selfish, ignorant people, you have self and ignorant leaders. Like that, that is fucking Scott Morrison. The, the fact that he fucked off during the bushfires is like, that is so damning. Like that big of a crisis. And he goes to Hawaii for a holiday because it's his time for a holiday. Those, I think that is because of the mentality of people that are hoarding paper and shit like that. It's just like, you know, like, you know, fuck the environment, fuck the economy, fuck for future generations. You get negative gearing. Yeah, good deal. That's that kind of a person. I, man, I, like, I think that we basically are being fucking, like, run by that toilet paper guy. But having said that, even Scott Morrison came out and said, like, this is pretty low. <laughs> yeah. Like, even him. Yeah. The guy that went on vacation during the biggest crisis since World War II thinks you're low. And he's right. Says low, yeah. Yeah, it was a good speech. <laughs> it's gross. It's un-Australian. It is un Well, I don't know. What the fuck is Australian? But... Look, you think yeah, that it's one about of the top comments was uh, you shouldn't use the word un-Australian. That's uh, divisive and racist. Ah, uh, shut up! I don't I mean, mean even me. Look, case, I'm a just... brown guy with a beard, and like, just shut up. <laughs> like, you're un-Australian, cunt. <laughs> Jesus, it's not racist to say un-Australian. In certain you... contexts, it can be. Well, it's always funny actually when um, AM talkback people say like this basic crime or something. Oh, that's just un-Australian. Like, we don't kill people in Australia. Like, what? 
Yeah, other countries don't want to do that either. There's just certain conditions yeah. that lead to an increase. Just in that. Australia. Yeah, <laughs> that's when it's 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 not, it's not divisive. It's just stupid. <laughs> yeah, he raises a good point. Uh, it, it, it's it's oh. it's too bandy to round. Uh, murder is just at Australian, mate. It's just not on. <laughs> I know. Stealing well, toilet paper that's in other countries. Murder is just in the constitution of some other countries, is it? <laughs> so dumb. But for a different reason, it's dumb. It's not like, mm, oh, my feelings were hurt because he said on his strip. Look, i got to admit, Donald Trump calling it the Kung Flu, that is funny. Did he call it? <laughs> yes. How funny is that? <laughs> That's just funny. All right. Yeah. <laughs> got to admit. And the Telegraph was releasing all of these. I can't even remember the headlines now because it was so bad, but it was that kind of shit. It was so good. And everyone on Twitter was going insane. It was just like, I'm glad everyone on Twitter is going insane and I'll pay the Telegraph. Yeah, when that was a sweet pun. Yeah, when people on Twitter are going insane, you know you've said or done something, something really right. funny. Yeah. <laughs> That's the reason he's president. Hmm. As we've said in previous pods, that is the reason he is president. Yeah, he doesn't care. He doesn't give a shit. Um, yeah, what like, else can you do? I think that yeah, look, those exercise. Yeah, you will be getting try into the main exercise. habits of. Oh, Let's get into a routine. Try to get into a routine. Um, it wake was, up, read, yeah. exercise. Get that over and done with, and then use social media as your reward. Try that. Mm. Don't turn Shopping on your phone till you've read 50 pages. You've done... You can do so many... There's so many uh, home workouts on YouTube. That is so many. And yes, there'll be like an American chick who probably has a million followers on Instagram that's like, all right, guys, now we're going to work the booty. But like, yeah. just do the workout. They're hard workouts. Yeah, they They're actually hard they workouts. <laughs> They're the queen. You know what? If you're going to do a home workout, don't listen to the dudes. Like the the girls are, they're the queens of home workouts. They've yeah. been doing it for years. Yeah, absolutely. While their husbands off like selling stocks, particularly and leg. hundreds of thousands yeah, yeah. of dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're just sitting there with their Pilates mat and sick calves. Yeah, so they're the ones you want to do. Um, but yeah, there you go. What else can you do? What else? What else? Can you do in self-isolation? Well, no, that's definitely it. It's just like, man, you get into the habit of what Stephen Covey calls sharpening the sharp, which is exercise, read, meditate every day. Yeah, Make sure that you one. start your day with that. And you know what? He uses the example of, um, I can't remember Don't the eat. name of the major. Yeah, it should be fasting for one day a week anyway. But there was this major that was caught in the Vietnam War and he was in isolation, solitary confinement for four years. Everybody else in solitary confinement that was part of his platoon went insane. He came out and said it was the best four years of his life. You know what it was? It was sharpening the saw. He just did a way more extreme version of it because, Mm. dude, he didn't have anything to read. So instead he just sat there and thought about every day of his life and what lesson he could learn from that day and what he enjoyed about that day. That was his version of reading. He, because he was like Christian or whatever, was praying and talking to God, which is, you know, meditation. And then he was doing like a thousand push-ups a day. But that's what kept him sane. Just those three activities, doing them over and over again, keeps you sane. No, and and, and this is actually coming from uh, two people who have worked from home for a very long time and had to work for ourselves. Sometimes when there isn't a boss in your ear telling you what to do and when there isn't an enforced deadline, it's actually, it, it, it can be harder to motivate yourself. 
So the best thing you can do is actually get into that routine. Yeah. Get into a routine. Even if it's, it's you start off with just an hour or two a day where you where you stick to the one routine and then build on that. But a routine is so important. We're creatures of habit. Mm. You mm. need to get into that routine mm. and that consistency. Maybe that's just because I'm, what is it? I'm the guy who wants consistency because that's my hormonal makeup. Yeah, but it's a good thing that you have that. Yeah, and I would like, recommend, it's just a, yes, it's just a positive outlook. No, being habitual, because the thing is, what, what no one understands is everything that you are doing is habitual anyway. Well, most things, like 95% of what you are doing is habitual. It's the same things that you were doing the day before. You know what's really scary? I've been reading this book recently by Joe Dispenger. Dude, this freaked me out. Your brain, and he's right about it, obviously, is just an imprint of everything that has happened to it. So this is the whole thing that we're always talking about with relationships and stuff, how you will just Mm. interact with your spouse the way that you interacted with your mum because that's the only way that your your brain was taught that's how you're supposed to interact with women, right? It's an imprint and then it's a... A coping mechanism in a way or it's a sort of what's that mean quantitative it's it's well because it's an imprint of what's happened but then through the memory of that it is telling you how to react if if a similar thing happens in the future and it's now it's automatic and you don't even realize that that's wrong yeah. or not necessarily wrong but you don't even realize that it's because of that imprint this is a big self-learning computer it's just a big self-learning it's computer. AI, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the right, original AI. AI. Better than us, <laughs> no matter what. Yeah. And so if, as, as a result of it just being an imprint, what he's saying is that the reason that a lot of people kind of just keep reliving shit lives and, and look, I think I've said this before, but, and I used to always just kind of, observe this but I, I think that you know a lot of people if they're an angry person they enjoy being angry they like living in that space and it's because they're comfortable there or if they're a scared person or an anxious yeah. person like you know dude, well, they subconscious- make an identity yes out of exactly it. they've subconsciously accepted the fact that that is their permanent identity and they yeah. can't change that but dude, the, you can the change words so much use. about yourself exactly but the, dude the words that they're using when they say I'm an anxious person there's pride in it they're proud of the fact that they have that. That's also sl- because uh, the uh, the cultural environment of today is somewhat rewarding to to that. Yeah, like it will reward people for. Yeah, but I oh, that's look, so brave. But that's that's because like you know, it's 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 that's like a byproduct of the education system and kind of just social trends and things like that. But it's just because that that is on a mass scale, like other people. You know, there's other people out there that are just kind of like, yeah, get into a fight every time I go into a bar. And they're like laughing about it. And it's like, dude, that's not cool. That's not mad bottling some cunt over the head. You know, like, you know, like the, these, but what are you they talking think about, bro, that's mad. <laughs> Maybe not that, but like stabbing them, surely. Like one of them is cool, right? These people, like they, they have that. That is their world. That is their imprint. They see the world like that. So, like when when they when they feel that emotion that they feel comfortable with, their brain feels like that releases comfort in them. It's like what I was saying with you, how like your definition of what is comfort is different to other people's definition of what is comfort. Right. But like comfort drives you. Yeah. But your particular type of comfort is very Mm. like it's very Neil. There's no other person that has that right. 
You are in control of that, though. You can manipulate that. You can manipulate it. And this is why it goes back to another uh, video that we did a long time ago, which was just about visualization. And now we were just saying that, like, you know, I mean, look, visualization definitely works. Um, but, you know, action obviously is the most important part. But the, the way to think about it, I guess, is that action is the ship, but the captain is visualizing. If you sit there and visualize your future for the next, for like, you know, maybe 10 minutes, half an hour a day, even like if you're in lockdown, why not? Why not visualize your future for half an hour a day? You're not doing anything else. Just, just try affirmations. Um, think about working on the same principle. Yeah. If there's something you're insecure about, uh, just repeat certain affirmations that are in contradiction to whatever that thing is that you're insecure about that you've probably developed a sense of identity over and if you do that daily for even a couple of weeks, you will notice a difference. Mm. Mm. You really will. I can only talk about my own personal experience, but... And did you notice resistance at first? Yeah, well, there's like going to be... Like when you're doing yeah, it, yeah, like there was this, this like thing in your head just of just being like, a, no, you're not. No, that's not... Yeah. Okay, I mean, yeah, the first of all, it's like, this is weird. weird thing yeah. to do because you're not used to doing it. Just yeah. talking to yourself in that way. Talking to yourself in that way, yeah, there's like, this is lame. That's the first level of resistance. But then yeah. the next level of resistance after that, I think, is just like, but that's not true. You know, like, well, yeah, like, because you've, you've, of- you've told yourself uh, a conflicting story for so long. Yeah. But that's what it is. It's a story, it's a narrative that yeah. you've told yourself yeah. about your identity. Yeah. It's not fact. Yeah. So, oh, shit. Man, this is actually kind of cool because now I'm actually really excited and hope there is a lockdown because all these other self-help activities that I've been wanting to do. I remember Jordan Peterson used to do this to his class all the time. He would make them write an autobiography of their life and then he would make them write like out and this was basically like his only two assignments for his class was like write an autobiography of their life and then write out in detail where they see themselves over the next 50 years. But he was saying that that autobiography part is really important. And like he doesn't really care how long it is. Really, it's just for you. But he was saying that some people just got sucked into it, that they would be writing 50, 100,000 words on this. It would just be this tomb of shit. (laughs) Because no... (laughs) (laughs) What, were they trying to impress him by uh, no. through quantity as opposed to quality? No, they were just thinking, like, they saw the value in it and they were just, like, they, they just kept unraveling their own life. And as a result of that, a lot of things just become clear. Like, d- d- the thing is, unless you read self-help, unless you do the homework, mm-hmm. and I haven't done it anywhere near enough and I've been in the field for 10 years of my life, I've been focusing on this, but th- I reckon that if you did that, that there'd be so much more that you would just learn about yeah, yourself well. as in that, that imprint in your mind, right, of like why you are the person that you are. That's important to have, that blueprint of how the fuck you got here. Yeah. How did that happen? You have like vague ideas here and there. But I can, you would not have the same as somebody who has written like a biography of their own life. Well, there you go. That's something to do. That's something that would be important. Write, a bio, write an autobiography. Because it's that point that we're talking about that your brain is an imprint of everything that was happening before. And because your brain is habitual, it's just going to be running off that old programming. Yeah. And there was nothing yeah. conscious in that. Very few people anyway. There yeah. was nothing conscious in like you being you. Yes. And, and certain events uh, have 
happened in your life, which you didn't have control over, but your interpretation of those events is entirely subjective. Yeah. And you can manipulate the way you see those events. But it'd be even important just to know how you see those events. And it comes down to something as simplistic as like, you know, are you going to see it in a glass half empty or a glass half full kind of way? Yeah. And you want to aim for the glass half full. Especially if negative things have happened to you. You want to interpret that as much as possible in a glass half full kind of way. Dude. How did I learn Everything else anyway. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't even matter if it's negative or positive or anything. It's just like cultivating that mindset is extremely important. And just develop your sense of identity to an extent where... Look, so many people our age, their entire identity is based in things that they haven't achieved. It's their sexual identity, their gender their religion, things like that, things that they haven't worked towards getting. Mm. That's just something either you're born with or you've just subscribed to a particular viewpoint. Mm. And that's such a shallow way to see yourself. And it's been put onto them because it's it's a trend of now. It's a societal trend of now to see yourself in that way. So it's not even you that came to that conclusion. It's not even, like so. It's not even your shallowness. Yeah. It's like basically a marketed shallowness that is put onto you, and you've accepted it. Mm. So that's there's something like inherently irritating and self-absorbed and dim about that. Well, Obviously, you haven't achieved it. If on. your identity relies on these immutable characteristics, you've, that's your identity should at least uh, be. Develop from things that you've achieved or mm. thoughts that you've had. Mm. Or even things that have happened to you specifically. That's something that like, it's it's not necessarily like, yes, it, should, no, it shouldn't be based off that, but it is. Yes. It is yeah, based yeah, off that. Yeah. And it's important to know what those things are and if they're useful. Yeah. Or, you know? Yeah. Look, you can be a product of what happened to you or you can be a product of how you dealt with what happened to you. Yes. But the thing is, dude, like, I don't know I don't know if this freaks you out as much as it freaks me out, but that does scare me a lot, that there is just all of these things that I have no idea why I think that. It was just put in, and I've been running with mm. it for 30 years. <laughs> yeah, never really. Uh, I don't think I've delved uh, as deeply into this as you have, but just on, uh, on the surface, that is a scary thought. It's a scary thought. But you know what else? I, I will say this as well, though. Like, all of these, that, that's the other reason why you should be going into self-help because it kind of does just naturally cultivate that more positive mindset because I remember when I first started doing that three pages a day and I would read the stream of consciousness then. First of all, that stream of consciousness back then was extremely anxious and negative and cynical and also just dumber, just dumber. Now, it's a lot more nuanced naturally like right off the bat whatever the, whatever i'm thinking at the time a lot more nuanced a lot deeper a lot more positive in ge- general like now my mind is always just like what you're saying right like how everything that you see is just kind of like colored by the road the, the the glass lens i guess of your brain at the time so like the things that happened to me back then that at the time i was fretting over and stressing about now because like my outlook has changed from 10 years of self-help i look at that and i'm just like that was a mad experience and then things that are happening to me now i'm just like this is really cool what's happening now and i'm excited for the future but the thing is if you have that thing everything about your life is just painted that way like your past present and future is yeah. just like shitty you just yeah. think of it as being bad yeah and then that's why it becomes self-fulfilling prophecy yes that's- yeah 100 percent 
And so naturally, the other way works as well. If you are really excited about your future, your future is going to be better. Hmm. A, a, a book I read last year, um, No More Mr. Nice Guy. I'd strongly recommend that, uh, especially for men. It's Who just, wrote it? I don't know, but it's it's a pretty famous book. Yeah, it's it is. really good. Really, really. I can't recommend it enough. Yeah. Uh, there's one point that stuck out to me a lot, which was it could be a gift. And what he meant by that is so many people are defined by the negative experiences of their, of their life. And he was uh, trying to encourage people to interpret it in a way and, 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 and see it in a way that it could have been a gift. You have to see things that happen to you negatively as, okay, it was a gift. It allowed me to learn. It allowed me to become mm. a better person. Mm. Because there's always something. Look, actually, people who have faced a lot of adversity, if they've got the right mindset, come out much stronger and just generally better people. Yeah. Than the people who have just lived uh, comfortable lives. So you really you got to just see things as as a gift, man. Because and it's hard sometimes because your ego is always telling you, "Oh, it wasn't fair that that happened to me." But man, I don't but think it is. Like gotta, after a while, like if you develop the habit of that, like it's just you got to see everything as a habit. After a while, because I think again, because of self help, it's just naturally that's how I see things now, right? Well, that's good. That you've and so like to it's that just point. automatic. It's automatic. Like I never have this thing of just being like, you know, I'm. It's unfair to me. You know, like it, that that is not where my mind is now. What's well, good? That I understand you've, that you've uh, gotten to that point, right? And I understand that most people naturally think like that. Yeah. I don't think I'm at. I'm, I don't think I'm there yet. I, if I, I'll often think of things and and go into a bit of self pity, but then I'll I'll be mindful of that and get myself out of it. But that's the whole thing that he's explaining in that though, isn't he? He's saying that yeah. if, you, if dude, adversity is good. Yeah, adversity is awesome. Like, dude, you know what? I, I, I it's so true. Stagnation. Like what you're saying with complacency, right? Just that is not where you want to be. Yeah, yeah. You want to be in the shit or you want to be like moving up. You don't want your life to just be this. That's true because like really the reality of it is that it goes like this. Mm. It's just a slow decline in atrophy. And that is what's going to happen a lot of the time because of the fact that we've had 30 years of growth on a societal level, now the recession is going to be a lot worse because we've had it so good for so long mm -hmm. and everyone's now you're getting the fucking toilet paper riots and shit. Yes. And it's because, yeah, the, exactly. People are complacent. And so, yeah, yeah like yeah. personally, as someone like you, like, yeah, it, it, it's, man, it was one of the best things that ever happened was just like, I remember reading a self-help book that was just saying like, if any type of rejection that you ever get, get excited about the fact that you got rejection for, you got rejection in the first place because it meant that you went out and tried. And most people don't get into the position where they are facing rejection. Most people yeah. are too scared to be rejected. It goes back to that group be think off. thing, right? You'd be better off for the rejection. It's just, but it's the character. It's the character of the fact that you went out there and actually, you have strength and conviction enough in yourself to face rejection. Yeah. And most people don't have that. So anything that happens bad to you in life that was like an adversity or anything like that, and that's that's something that I'm always trying to hone on the self-help channel, right? It's just that like, dude, if you are going to be a successful person in life, you are going to have way more embarrassing shameful 
uh, you know, cringeworthy, like uncomfortable memories than the average person. Because the average person is not putting themselves out there. They're just watching TV. So there's nothing uncomfortable or embarrassing about that. Mm. But there's going to be a bunch of th- shit that you yeah, did not in your past that you're just going to sit there and like, that happens to me all the time. Dude, I was just driving in the car back then and I was just being like, oh, oh, fuck, why that. did I say that? Yeah, you know, we, all, like, we all have that. Yeah. yeah, you know? But I think that like, it's just getting into that point of just being like, yes, but that's good that I have that memory. Yeah, that's a good way to train yourself to think about those things well that's what you were saying otherwise you get into yeah you you get into a negative spiral as well oh that was so embarrassing that i said that i'm such a piece of shit i always say things like that yeah i'm useless yeah but you have nothing cool about that either like that's (laughs) something cool about seeing yourself as a piece of shit (laughs) (laughs) nothing endearing about that no there's something endearing about seeing yourself as a flawed individual and being able to acknowledge that and laugh at yourself, but to see yourself as a piece of shit, no, no one's no one's going to have sympathy for that. Because you're basically saying, I have no value. Who wants to hang around someone who has no value? Yeah, yeah, no one. No one. But it's yeah, it's that same thing that what you're saying, right? Like if you if you're going through life of just being like, I have something to offer and I am of value, but you don't have that level of narcissism where you're just like, God's gift to earth, like no, done nothing wrong. It's just a nuanced way of looking at life, I guess. But it's just that's mm. the correct way of looking at life. I agree. I agree. Well, we 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 uh we'll we'll probably have to wrap this one up soon. So, are there any final recommendations for activities during the purge? Yeah. Find yourself, man, and not through drugs. Dude, do it. I reckon it'd be more intense. I've never done DMT, but I think that the experience of sitting in a room and writing out your biography and what you know is going to be way more confronting than visiting the clockwork elves. I really do think that. Because that is just disassembling you as a person and like looking at every little piece of you. That's right. It's not escapism. It's not escape, dude. It's as it's real as it gets. It's quite the opposite, yeah. Ooh, I don't know. I, I'll, I might try to do that. You, you, you haven't done it. You said I, I tried. You tried. I'm too tried. weak of a man. Wow, I, I, dude. I did a bit of that spiritual autolysis shit of just like, what do I know? And then after a while, I just bailed. I was just like, nah, I can't keep going. Like, I know too little. I can't. I can't. You know. <laughs> But that's what's really cool about self-help. There is these points where you just get to a level and you and you have to you have to go back up. It's like diving. It's just like you go too deep in it. And then you like when you, you just like for the first time you learn that kind of thing of like what you're operating off is like certainty or significance or something like that. The first time you register that in your head, it's confronting. Mm. Because you're just kind of like, shit, I'm kind of just like a wind-up toy. It's just got this predictable way of just going. And like, those things are confronting. Yeah, They're we're confronting. All canvases, aren't we? Yeah. Well, how about uh, any specific book recommendations? Um, that one, I, No More Mr. Nice Guy is a good one. There's an author called Bruce Bryans. If you're interested in particularly male self help in the dating realm, he's fantastic. Mm-hmm. He's got three, four, five books. They're all easy reads, they're great. Tony Robbins. Um, Look, I actually am a fan of the, uh, what's his name, Mark Manson? The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. And I, I know you didn't him, like it. I know yeah, you didn't like it, but I, 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 look, I, I like them. I think they're good. 
I know they're very I'll basic. let that one slide. I'll let that one slide because a lot of people do like it. And the thing is, when it comes to self-help, it's like any other genre. It's just like some people like yeah. uh, fucking Kiss. Some people don't. You know, it's just, uh, does that necessarily Personal mean that they're taste. shit? Yeah, they're, they're the same concepts. This is that. It's like music, comedy. It's all these things. It's like a lot of the time, a lot of these things are kind of the same message, yeah. just delivered in a different way. It's the way. vibe surrounding the concept yeah. that's different. <laughs> so I just like the basic white girl vibe, apparently. Yeah. Clearly, I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you love surprising. those Instagram accounts. It's not surprising, is it? <laughs> uh, okay. Well, I would say uh, if, if you can get into it, uh, the Jed McKenna uh, trilogy is. And, and listen to the audio book of that, I think. Uh, I think also Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People is a must. Um, anything by Brian Tracy you should be reading. I don't want to mention this one because it's so cringy, but here we go. What is it? It's a pickup series. Oh, you told me that the Blueprint one. The Blueprint Decoded. You've talked about this one a lot. I, I've... I should read this. Didn't you say it's a video series? It's a video series. I couldn't it... find it. I tried to Google it once really? and I couldn't find it. Yeah. Fuck. Maybe yeah. it's gone. It was a long time ago. I'm sure it's on Pirate Bay. I'm sure it is. Just go check that out. Uh, if but like, Just know that that is the most confronting self-help I've ever faced. Hands down. Blueprint decoded. Tony Robbins excites you. Brian Tracy gives you an excellent actual blueprint. Blueprint decoded sort of is, I, I don't know, kind of just like a explained general spiritual autolysis, I guess, of just like, this is how you're operating. And it gets wow. deeper and deeper. It's four days. And I remember this. There's a point in it. I know we have to go, but there's a point in it where like he just goes, okay, so how many people here just couldn't sleep last night? We're just staring at the ceiling. Most of the hands in the room go up and he's just like, okay, that's normal. And I remember that. I remember it was the second day of that series. How old were you when you, when you saw this? 20. 20. And okay. yeah, I remember staring up at the ceiling the entire night and it was just daylight. And then I went back to watching it. There, There Jesus. is a point where it goes too deep and then it goes for another two days. <laughs> so yeah, if, if it's not go. for the faint hearted. All right. Blueprint decoded. Well, it's it's four days. You've got the time if you're in self-isolation. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Well, I think we'll uh, we'll wrap that one up. But um, try to enjoy. Try to make the most of your time in quarantine. Yeah, honestly, as during you say, the purge, see it as a gift. See it as an see opportunity. It as a gift. See it as an opportunity. Yeah, yeah. Getting a routine. Um, that's it. That's it. That's all there Routine, is to it. Routine, write, read. The three R's. Meditate. <laughs> <laughs> None of them are. One of them is. Yeah. Affirmations. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, have fun. Hope you enjoyed it. Subscribe if Bye. you haven't already. And in case you don't already know, all of our shows have been cancelled. Cancelled slash postponed. Oh. Yeah. Thanks, China. <laughs> that <laughs> yeah, sucks. That really sucks. <laughs> Oh, well, I just had a video go super viral in Melbourne as well, but it's a gift. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the example right there. I could just, yeah. yeah anyway, well, thanks, okay. guys. See ya. <laughs> Spin that one. Yeah. Bye.